Welcome to the Ask for Football Army Football Show. The Army Football Show is an insider's guide for cadets, old grads, and college football fans to follow the Army team throughout their season as they seek to beat Navy and claim the Commander-in-Chief's trophy. Ask for Football is brought to you by our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first online platform for online sales and auctions of farm animals. That's BuyerBarn.com. Don't forget to follow Ask for Football on all social media platforms or sign up for our mailing list at askforfootball.com forward slash subscribe. You know, I, I think we all expected a blowout this week. Um, and we got one, just not the one that we were expecting. Army absolutely dismantled Air Force 23-3 to in Denver. Um, it was a hell of a game, and we're going to unpack that. Welcome back to the Ask for Football Army football show. It's your host, Jordan, in San Antonio, Texas this week, joined by Dan in Coastal Connecticut and Rob in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Gentlemen, wow, was a hell of a game. None of us were expecting that. And I'm sure that we're going to get a comment from someone saying, oh, I believed in the Army team and I knew that we were going to win. <laughs> and unless you like took out another mortgage to put down and bet on the Army team to win, like, Shut the hell up. Because, no, you didn't think they were going to win. No one thought they were going to win, especially by 20. <laughs> the, oh, the whole fan base off the ledge just a week ago. I know. And then do now I remember that. No, I, I do. But apparently everybody else who was ready to end it all and had the you know, pile of, of army gear, you're ready to burn. All of a sudden now they're the true believers and never doubted the team for a second. And this is the best offense oh. in the world. So Yeah, there, there there's, a, there's a bunch of people that... Uh, showed their true colors last week, you know, and, and again, like it's college football, man. And, and one thing that, you know, and one thing that we said last week that kind of stuck with me is, you know, army doesn't reload a year at a time, like some other bigger universities with a much more rec larger recruiting pool, like army reloads over a three to five year period, just based off of the fact that like, you've got to recruit and the offense changed in the middle of it. So you have guys that have been, you know, if you started the prep school and you're now a junior at West point, guess what? As a cow, like you're getting a brand new offense. And so you've got some stuff sledding ahead of you, particularly trying to learn an offense that makes you have to think a hell of a lot more than the standard offense. That even the triple option, because I, I mean, even when you look at the play calls last year, sometimes it wasn't even a triple, it was a double option. Hey, I either give it to the fullback or the QB runs it. Or most of the time it was a QB power. So there's yeah. a lot, you know, so there's a there's a lot of nuances that happen, but I don't think people are aware of it. And of course, you know, I'm not gonna sit down with my notebook and, and grade every running play, but the reality of it is is like there's been some offensive changes that you know, takes advantages of some of the things and, and doesn't exploit as many as others, but I'm sure we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. So what was there? Yeah. And I, you know, I was, I was at the game and I heard some army people talk and they said, Oh, well, you know, Bryson Daly, they, they custom designed this offense just for him. No, they didn't like this dude got recruited like way before they even knew that they were going to make this change. Like if they could have a, the perfect quarterback for this, Bryson Daly is a hell of a guy. He's a hell of a player. It wouldn't be Bryson Daly because his arm yeah. is not strong enough. He's not accurate enough to run this offense in it. Most beautiful. They are tailoring. They've actually done a really nice job of tailoring the offense to his strengths. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're moving it to his. Yeah, they're moving it towards his skill set for sure. Yeah, but this is not custom designed around one player. Like that's what Navy did, and that we don't do that. So anyway, we're going to talk about all this in just a minute, Dan. 
I know you said pre-game that you uh, had quite the weekend. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I swam almost three miles Saturday morning just trying to get my emotions under control before the game, then drank a bunch of beer, and uh, then promptly got sick during the game. And uh, I'm still fighting a cold, so hopefully that won't come across too badly. But it's been tough. Yeah. We got a comment. There are enough young men that did 100% believe Army would win on Saturday, and that's why Coach Mugget has paid very well. That's fair. However, just uh, there was a lot of loss of, of faith and confidence in the coaches after UMass. Um, according to some people inside the program, the players expected to win by 50 points and were absolutely shocked why that didn't happen. Um, and then there was also some, you know, Bryson Daly apparently was told he was not going to play at all. So then to be pulled into the game and then taken out and then put back in and then taken out. Um, a lot of people felt like the coaches coaches panicked. So I hear your point. I don't disagree with you. Um, but I, I think we could also argue there's some some people on the team who are probably pretty surprised they they won by twenty. Anyway, let's let, let's keep going through the admin stuff. Rob, over to you. Clearly, we got a lot to talk. Yeah, for sure. So we got a sponsor here at As for Football. It's BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn was founded by uh, class of '97 graduate Dan Robinson. Uh, he ran a traditional farm co-op. And he decided that there was a better way to bring it into the 21st century. So he and his co-founder, Dinu, established the, a, the first farm-to-farm online auction and sales platform. BuyerBarn assists owners by reducing health issues through reduced animal and owner contact, reduces animal fraud through a buyer-seller rating system, has fully integrated platform with secure payments, convenience to buy and sell on your own time, and better market pricing because of a much wider audience buyer barn is dedicated to helping small farmers in america and are providing a special discount to military veterans who want to assist them in the small family farm revolution for more information go to buyerbarn.com or you can just click on the tab at the ask for football website and you should be good to go back to you jordan wait so as you all already know uh your army black knights beat the hell out of air force this past weekend 23 to 3 Army got the ball first, drove straight down the field, scored in a 62 run by Bryson Daly. Defense turned Air Force over on downs on their own 34-yard line. Um, stopped fullback Emmanuel Michelle for no gain on fourth and one. Offense put up a 45-yard field goal in the short field. Uh, hats off to Quinn Moretzky, nailing field goals from all over the place this weekend. He did fantastic. Um, offense put a, uh, excuse me, defense forced a fumble off. Zooming quarterback Zach Larrier. Um, Army drove 43 yards and 11 plays, nine of which were by Ailey. Finished by a, a five yard touchdown run. And Air Force fumbled again. Army had another field goal, 20 to 2. Um, Air Force drove 55 yards in the third quarter in 10 plays, taking about five minutes off the clock, uh, only to miss a 32 yard field goal. And the Zoomies were down 20, just under 18 minutes left to play, and the game was basically over. Um, Really, like, the story of this game was the defense recovering turnovers. Air Force had six turnovers in this game. Defense recovered all of those. And because of that, it put Army in advantageous field position to be able to move the ball, not as effectively as I think we would have liked, but good enough to get a, get a, get a field goal or, you know, set some things up. Um, Jimmy Charlo and Leo Lowen, uh Dre Miller, Jack Latour, all recovered fumbles. Nicholas Paul had two interceptions. Low and low the team, 12 tackles, nine solo, a sack, two tackles for loss. I know we were dogging him last week, saying we haven't really seen the numbers that we were expecting. He showed the hell up this week. Quadrillon Hammond, six tackles, three solo, a sack, two tackles for loss. 
two sacks, six total tackles for loss. We held the number one rushing team in the country to just 155 yards, 3.9 yards per carry. Um, we stuffed fullback repeatedly through everything the Zimmies were trying to do out of whack. Um, their, their, their fullback finished eight carries for 37 yards, which is not great. Quarterback, 20 for 45 yards. Bryson Daly, 36 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Air Force came with the number two ranked rushing defense in college football. Daly ran for more yards than any team has run on Air Force all season. Let me say that again. Daly, one person, ran for more yards in this game than any other team that Air Force has played this season. He went 4 for 9 passing for 40 yards, plus a critical pass interference call that set up a short field goal. Um, Udo, our boy, finished 9 carries, 34 yards. Jacoby Buchanan, 3 for 9. Champ Harris got in the game, ran for a yard, and took a knee. Uh, Tyler Robinson had a catch. Cleve uh, wide receiver Toby Awali had a catch. Casey Reynolds had a catch. Noah Short caught a screen pass that lost a yard, but um, a lot of really good this week. Guys, we're going to jump into the good, the bad, and the ugly in just a second, but what are your kind of takes on the game holistically or, or really is what's one stat that you want to call out that, that we should talk about for a minute? I'd like to talk about that uh, second half defensive performance because it, I've seen a bunch of people, a bunch of takes online saying, oh, you know, they really didn't move the ball in the second half and... Uh, Coach Munkin even talked about it in after the press conference, but they were they were up twenty points in at halftime. The team basically ran its four minutes offense, four minute offense the entire second half. And once Air Force adjusted, like they're still the number two rushing defense in in the country in a CIC game. Like it was always going to be a struggle offensively to break it back open. Army was going to have to throw more, you know, roll daily out of the pocket and hit some of those throws on the edges, which they did once. They completed one. But, you know, they they weren't going to sit there and start taking chances to pitch the ball or throw it or whatever, especially once, you know, you're up 20 points with 18 left to play. Like, that's just not going to happen. They called it conservative, obviously, and yeah. they had a reasonable amount of success. They still had one seven-play, almost five-minute drive that only stalled because of a false start. So, you know, that was the one where they failed on the fourth and one. Mm-hmm. They even thought the failed fourth and one was the right call. They just didn't get it. And my point is, you know, maybe if you have Champ Harris as a cow in his third year in this system and you're up 20 with like 18 minutes left to play, you roll him out because you want to try to put the nail in the coffin. But in a CIC game, 20 points is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. That's a lot. That's a lot of points. And especially, you know, Daly was hurt from the last couple of years. Last thing you want to do is put your quarterback in a position where he's running, throwing off a back foot, either throwing interception or get hit and, and break or strain or pull something. So, Rob? Yeah, so t- two things. Uh, the first part is just to pile a little bit on what Dan said. If you didn't think that they were going to call a second half conservatively, you have not watched Army football, particularly any CIC games in the last decade, right? Every time the CIC games are always going to be closer than everybody thinks. And I think the first time that we've hit an over in an academy game was last year's Army-Navy game, which went into overtime. So you have to look at it this way. Vegas had the line at 34 and a half, and that was pretty high, I thought, for yeah. a, you know, for a service academy CIC contest early in the season. But uh, the, one, the one stat that jumps out to me, and the score would have been much, much higher had it not been for all the penalties, right? Because I think there are some yeah. – there are some, there are some you know, there's a hundred. I think it was 113 or 115 yards of uh, penalty yardage, and that would be the one thing that I think the team could clean up. But again, at the end of the day, you're winning the game of field position, and you're up by 20 points. You know why the offense slowed down, 
I, I mean, you're you're crazy if you if, if you were thinking that like, oh yeah, we should open it up. Like yes, but again, it goes back to you know the previous discussion we had last week. We're not LSU. We're not trying to win an opportunity to go to SEC championship and potentially a New Year's Six bowl. So play a conservative and preserve the win. Nobody wants to see that, but I can understand why they did. Absolutely. Um, I know we're going to talk about the penalties in a second, but I was at the game in that end zone, and I know it looked bad on TV. It looked even worse in person. Like, it, that, neither of those should have been a penalty at all. But Yeah. Or a bunch of really ticky-tacky penalties in that game. You yeah. know, that, that the chop block, pass interference several times. Like, I just felt like, we're going to talk about this more in a minute, but I just felt like the refs decided to insert themselves into the game. It really did feel like that. Like, it was okay. Well, Air Force is down by two scores in a CIC game. Like, let's, you know, not that the refs were trying to sway it, but it, 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 uh, it did feel like they were trying to be a little more active in this game. And I understand, you know, calling the horse collar and like stuff like that. Totally get that. But like, I wasn't even a horse collar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the jersey got well under the neck. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to pull them backwards for it to be a horse collar. But, but again, it, it, you know, it, it all boils down to if we're bitching about the refs, then it was a good game, right? Yeah. Either it was a really good game or it was a really bad game. Like, that's it. Like, if you're complaining about the refs, then, like, that's the the, the least of the concerns. But, uh, like, look, let's be honest. Air Force was overrated. They started the season with number 129 out of 131 of FBS record or strength of schedule. They came into a neutral field and got their ass whipped on national television. I'm okay with it. So, <laughs> Rob, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but let, let's let's have the conversation just while we're here. So we had six turnovers, and and I would argue that Army played one of its better games, either its second best or its best game of the season. You know, second potentially only to the UTSA game. Air Force probably played their worst, and so. I know last week I said, hey, you know, Air Force is a beatable team, but we're going to need some things to go our way and we're going to need to execute. And we executed and a lot of things went our way. So I, I guess the question that I would pose to, to you gentlemen is, you know, is Army, is, is Air Force as bad as they looked or is it just the fact that it was a CIC rivalry game and they made a bunch of mistakes that felt or like, are they a horrible team who's going to, or did, did, did a bad Army team beat a, beat a bad Air Force team or did a, Bad Army team having a good day beat a good Air Force team having a bad day. I'll go off the board and say that this Army team has not played up to its potential very often because mm -hmm. they have made so many mistakes. In the rare games where they've been able to avoid those mistakes, they've played pretty well. You know, yeah. that UTSA, UTSA is a good team. Like, they're yeah. not phony in any way. That's a good team. And Army yeah. beat them handily. And UTSA is not just a good team on offense because of Frank Harris. Like that rushing defense is and has been all season very legit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think it looked to me like Air Force came in looking past the game. You know, Troy Calhoun's epic comment that they weren't going to celebrate with the trophy after the game. Oh, you got that one right. You know, it's <laughs> that's just like, how do you even how do you even say that? How do you even approach that to your team? That's nuts. That's a crazy thing to say. Um. So like, you know, mentally and, and like once they got into Zach Larrier's head, like he was done and you could see it. Like you could literally see the guy melting down and it, you know, if you've ever been in a serious competition, once you lose faith in yourself, like there's no coming back from that. Yeah. Well, I, 
I will add simply this from the perspective of whether or not Air Force is good or not. We'll see this week, right? Because they they fell into it. You know, they fell into what was habitually a trap game, right? You're eight. No, you're going into, you know, uh, a rivalry game with a rivalry that doesn't have a good record. And the expectation is for you to win. That is marquee. Like there should have been flashing lights in the Air Force locker room. This is a trap game. Right. But when you go in there and your coach is cocky, guess what? That trickles down to the players. So the players thought like, hey, this is going to be easy. We got this all hemmed up. And they got punched in the mouth early and it didn't stop, you know, and that's really what it is. It's all it boils down to it's the psychology of football, man, like regardless of how well these guys are coached or how athletic they are, when things start going wrong, the team that has the ability to mentally adjust on the fly has the best opportunity of winning. It's like Caleb Williams is one of the best quarterbacks in college football, but guess what? They lost four games. They've lost four games. Like, and he's a mental midget, right? He he doesn't have the capacity to get socked in the mouth and go, well, crap, man. Like, I've got to go talk to my defense and be like, guys, step it up, man. I've thrown five touchdowns. Y'all got to do something. Be the leader that it's required to shake that off and win with your team. And so I think it's it's there's a lot of the you know a lot of the psychology bit and i don't want to you know get too heady on this but at the bottom line is they fell into a trap game so if they can bounce back this week okay yeah they're not going to be ranked and guess what because of army's record that new year their new year six bowl is off the table and again i'm okay with that you know because calhoun's head would have been as big as empower field you know if they got a new year six bowl like we'd never hear the end of it no. So l- l- let me ask the, the second question. The second question is, th- does this make Army a good football team now? Because on the one hand, you know, there was a time not too long ago where beating Air Force and beating Navy and going 2-10 and ten, if, with those two wins meant that it was a good year. And, you know, I think we have a different standard now and, you know, a little bit of a down year, but we did beat Air Force. At a minimum, we've retained, you know, a, a portion of the CIC trophy. Um is this a good army team going in and beating air force by 20 points, but also getting shut out at home against Troy and then getting shut out <laughs> at LSU and then losing to the worst team in the history of college football. You know, where do you kind of stack this team and how, how do we, how do we reconcile those two things? Um, let me just say that we can only move forward from where we are. I mean, I think, one of the things that I think Coach Mungan has done an amazingly good job of over the years is not to sort of lean on injuries and say, oh, you know, we had a lot of injuries and that affected us. Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of injuries and that clearly affected them in the Troy game, sure. in the LSU game, and in the UMass game. Uh, so that's, like, he never brings that up. In 2019, you know, Kelvin Hopkins got hurt. They never talked about that, not one time. But if you want to know what was wrong with that team, what was wrong with that team was, you know, your quarterback was hurt half the year, and that was a pretty bad loss. So, you know, are they good? Are they bad? We can only go forward from here. Like, if we finish out strong, beat Navy, win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, then, you know, you just take it for what it is. I mean, you can't go back in time and change anything, but you can win the games that you have in front of you, and that's where we are right now. Yeah, that's a good point by Walt that just popped up is is like, yeah, or not, we haven't played good. And that, and that's a fact. And, and I would say, you know, ideally the, the rest of the season is, you know, they run the table, 
you know, finish up the gauntlet, beat Coastal, beat... Uh, Yo, let's just beat, go one and oh this week. Let's worry about Coastal when Coastal yeah. comes around. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, you know, run the table on the rest of the, run the table on the rest of the season, six and six. It's a good year by comparison to how it started. And yeah, I think everything, you know, I think everything's all relative. And I think honestly, for, for, for true Army fans of like the Munkin era, I think anything less than eight wins, people are going to be disturbed. You know, people are going to be freaking out and calling for coaching changes and this, that, and the other thing, because we're so used to seeing success with Coach Munkin. And yeah. so, you know, I, I think it's kind of a, it's a false positive to be like, oh, our team is terrible. And like, you know, we should all just, you know, pack up and burn all our Army jerseys. I don't think that's going to happen. But I also think that like you have to give the opportunity to reload a significant change in the offense is huge. Mm-hmm even stabilization with coaches you know like this is the first year that we've had guys in the positions that they're in you know they were co-coaching and co-offensive line guys last year and fullback guys and you know now these guys are set in the position for a whole year i expect a lot more out of them next year than i do this year but the other piece of it is is like if you turn the ball over six times yeah it, it is what it is and then this is a good comment and and I don't know if uh, Deion Sanders had any impact, but to have a guy that that's inspirational show up at your practice and talk to you, it couldn't hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean just the difference in the way the coaches approach the game is not small. You know, you got Coach Munkin saying, we get to play for a championship in the middle of the season, and that's awesome. And here's Coach Prime, and we're going to make this special. And on the other side, you got Coach Calhoun is like, this game is no big deal. It's just another game. Like, that's... That's exactly what happened on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, Dan, you're right. True, true statement. True statement. Yeah. And, I, and I, I legitimately think, again, it goes back to the psychology of it all, right? If you think it's just another game and it doesn't matter, you can lose. You know, if you think about hey, this is the most important game that we're playing this week, you know, good things could potentially happen. Uh, this team was so close to being 6-3, and three, which is the most frustrating part. Absolutely. And I think that's what a lot of people are struggling with, with the fact that we should be six and three right now, and bowl eligible, and you know, going up and crane. Like, you can only move forward. I'm telling you, that's that's right, yeah, yeah. man. You just you just gotta. I mean, I've had seasons like this as an athlete where, at the end of the season, you're like, you know, you, you finish standing on your feet, going, you know, that wasn't too bad. I think we got that at the end, but it's somewhere in the middle. You're just you're just in hell. It's just it's not coming together, and that's just part of it. I hate to say it, but it really that just happens sometimes. I, I completely agree with you, Dan, but I also want to be conscious of the fact that a week ago, we were not saying the same thing. And so, like, this game, in my opinion, winning one football game because Air Force had their worst game of the season, like, that doesn't all, all, you know, all of a sudden change the, the trajectory. Well, not by itself. Like we said weeks ago, the best thing to hope for is sustained improvement over the course of the season. Stop turning the football over, you know, run the ball generate turnovers, do the Army stuff. Well, they did that. Let's just keep going. Yeah, but they did it against Air Force and the same thing they did against Holy Cross. Yeah, absolutely. That was fair. Dan, why don't you take the good and Rob will give you the bad and the ugly. All right, Rob, I'm sure you will be happy to know that this was probably the best we've seen Army's D-line play in maybe 18 months. That's I mean, they, they have not looked that good since before the 2021 Army-Navy game on Army's D-line, and I really was really pleased to see how they played. Um, Army's linebackers, they set them up to have an awesome game. You know, Leo Lone looked like Captain America out there. He's always been a great player. You know, he's always had that potential, but 
at, at times this season, it's just been like run around because we're just, you know, getting pushed off the ball. This week, they didn't get pushed off the ball at all. And the difference was amazing. You know, on offense, Army ran for 4.2 yards per carry against the nation's number two rushing defense. That's actually insane. That's one of the best statistical performances of an Army offense that we've ever seen. That's really, really good. You probably don't want your quarterback carrying 36 times per game, but Bryson Daly is a beast. I mean, they were calling him Bison Daly in the Percy Club. That was funny. It's clear that he's comfortable making the reads in the offense in this running game. So, you know, that's cool. And finally, special teams, man. Like, every part of this team has struggled, but they pulled it together. Quinn Moretzky, 3 of 3 on field goals. That's 9 points. We needed those 9 points. Cooper Allen had 6 punts. They were all good, clean punts. At a long of 52, dropped one inside the 20. Like, Talk about a kid who's been having a tough year and then pulling together. Cooper Allen, man, we need that kid to get it together and and keep it together. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the bad. It's not bad for Army, but uh, Air Force looked totally unprepared to stop the the Black Knights' new slow mesh read option look. I mean, which is crazy because they're an option team, so you'd think that they would be more prepared for it. It looked like they didn't watch any film because they're so familiar with Army, but the bottom line is the offense has changed, and they were they, they looked completely flat-footed they adjusted in the second half but by then they were down by 20 points so it really really was difficult for that we already talked about this just the the officials looking like they were trying to keep the game closer or close-ish so it didn't get out of hand uh, a lot of penalties the chop block and whatever i mean it is what it is and the horse collar like the horse collar one was the one that made me the most upset because i was just like dude what game are you watching at this point because it seemed like uh and see, like what they were trying to do is they're just trying to keep it without boiling over, you know, because you could see it, particularly in the second half, Air Force was getting incredibly frustrated every time there was a, you know, a, a pile up or anything like that. There were guys that were jawing back and forth and pushing and shoving and everything else. And so, you know, rather than having to throw a personal foul or, you know, unnecessary roughness or something after the play, you just call something to slow the pace of the game down and kind of reset everybody into gameplay. Not to say that that is something that I would do. I'd prefer to let them watch the kids play, but uh, that is what happened. And then the ugly, and I don't even know if it's ugly. It's probably more comedic than anything else, but uh, Troy Calhoun coming out saying, hey, look, we're not going to be running around with the CIC trophy after the game is over. Like, look, that that tweet did not age well, sir. Please delete that because, I mean, it's getting into it's getting into that that crazy town speak that like, oh, we're we're just going to roll through these guys like it was no no difference. And then again, he was saying, oh, well, it's not that important. Mm, I don't know. And the bottom line is, you know, Troy Calhoun, as he is every time, especially in the CIC games, he never shows up for the post game handshake, and that's just classless. Man. Like, look. No surprise, though, and here's your history lesson. Believe it or not, the Air Force was founded off a fascist document called Command of the Air by Giuliano Hey, If you expect them to act like normal people, they won't. So they will continue to be the baby brother. Canceled for that one, Rob. Uh, it's a fact. It's a fact. Command of the Air was written in 1942. Oh, man. Well, sorry right. about that. Anyway, right. we'll move on. Okay. Back to you, Jordan. Thank you, Rob. Um, anyway, guys, we have any more takes on the game or are we kind of comfortable with Landon? I, I like the one that we just got here. If Army can carry a ton of momentum into next year and win the AAC in their first season, we could crush the mid spirits for generations. I mean, look, I don't think you need to necessarily win the AAC in your first your first season in the league, but you definitely have the opportunity to build some momentum here and, and head into the AAC with your head held high, which is pretty good. 
So, yeah, Ray Kimball says if you had history lesson on your AFF bingo card, congratulations. So, there you we, go. We'll just, we may have to start those next year. Good looking out. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. <laughs> All right, hey, let's review our factor fiction. Rob said Army had 55 plays or less on defense. That's fiction. Uh, we're not counting penalty downs. Army had 64, Air Force had 60. Dan said Army commits zero turnovers. That was a fact. Uh, and I said D- Daly gets a start, and that was a fact as well. So I think we did pretty good on our fiction. Dan, why don't you tell us about our, our other sponsor? Yes, uh, Craig Oxane, he is the Vice President of Residential Lending at Draper and Kramer in Chicago, a member of the West Point class of 1994, licensed to lend in all 50 states. He is one of the biggest VA lenders in the country. Craig is going to offer you super competitive rates, give you the best deal that he possibly can. Friends, this whole mortgage process is super confusing with interest rates moving all over the place. Now is not the time to, to... Take some deal with some clown who's just trying to make a buck off you. You want to deal with somebody who actually cares, who you can call on the phone and talk to, not some random big box bank or a mindless website. And this is how the West Point Network actually functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at As For Football. We're trying to help you get the best deal on a mortgage that you possibly can by introducing you to the very man that you need to meet. Plus, Craig does not change lenders, does not charge lending fees for veterans. That's a huge savings, like thirteen hundred bucks. Get that money, friends. Craig Oxane, Vice President of Residential Lending. Check him out. Links on our website. Just go to asforfootball.com. Hit the little button. Fill out a little questionnaire. You'll be talking to Craig in just a few hours. And apologies because I still have a little bit of cold and I feel like I can't. There you go. Thanks, sir. So let's talk about Holy Cross. Um, Holy Cross is an FCST. So if we do run the table, beat Holy Cross, beat Coastal, beat Navy. Um, that would put us at six and six. However, we would need a a waiver from the NCAA to go. Unfortunately, we don't have James on this week to explain all the ins and outs of that process in our well that that very waiver got denied last year. Yeah. Th- thank you, Dan. Yeah, it's it's probably not gonna happen. So um that makes sense. Holy Cross is six and three this season, four and one of the Patriot League. They're good, but maybe not quite as good as they were last year. Um they've beaten Merrimack, Yale, Colgate, Bucknell, Fordham, and Lehigh. Um, however, Fordham and Lehigh were both really close. Uh we lost to Boston College, Harvard, and said not we. Yeah, they lost to Boston College, Harvard, and Lafayette. Uh, Patriot League has been pretty competitive at the top this season, but absent something where the Crusaders will, will play Lafayette in the Patriot League championship at the end of the year. Um, Dan, why don't you take us to the offense, and then we'll give Rob, Rob the defense. I'll take special teams. Uh, Holy Cross runs a strong run-first read option attack to set up a downfield pl- passing attack. You may remember quarterback uh, Matthew Sluka from the last time we played. Unfortunately, uh, Sluka's been out for the past two weeks. Uh, unfortunately for Holy Cross. I, you hate to root for an injury, but Sluka's a really good player. His backup, Joe Pesansky, has has uh, gone 32 of 55 passing for almost 500 yards, uh, 58% completion percentage with five touchdowns against two interceptions and four sacks. That's in just two games of action. So Pesansky throws a lot more than Sluka did. Uh, and where Sluka's a running threat, Pazanski really isn't. However, running back Jordan Fuller has carried the load with Sluka out. He had a, a hundred this season. He's got 151 carries for over a thousand yards, almost seven yards per carry with Jeez. 18 touchdowns. He is a really, really good running back. Uh, and with Sluka out, Fuller is by far the biggest threat on this offense. I mean, dare say he's the offense. He ran for 228 yards and two touchdowns on just 30 carries this past week, all but winning the game by himself. 
They've also got a wide receiver, Jalen Coker, who is the downfield threat. 47 catches, almost 900 yards, 19 yards per catch, 13 touchdowns. So it, it's not like you've never seen this before. I mean, this is this is kind of like your standard. It's almost it's almost a service academy type deal. Only they're running the read option to set it up. But with Sluka out, it's really going to be the Jordan Fuller show setting up that downfield passing threat. And on to the defense. The bad news on defense is Holy Cross is not as good as they've been with the rushing defense that they have been in previous years. They've given up about 5.5 yards per carry for the last three weeks. Linebacker Jacobs job is the man. He's got 110 tackles, 59 solo, four sacks, and two forced fumble. Overall, the defense has five INTs, five five forced fumbles, but only one recovery. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because it's basically, you know, strength on strength. And one of the strength is kind of erring towards the army side. So we'll see how well uh, they can create opportunities in the run game, potentially setting up something downfield. Uh, and then uh, on special teams, uh, it says kicker Jacob Dobbs. Is he the kicker and a linebacker? Oh, you know, no, I, I probably just grabbed uh, the wrong name. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so the kicker is 49 for 49 extra points, only two for four on field goals, though, and they've only attempted four field goals all year. So that's a field goal every two games. Um, no. Hunter Patrick Cogney uh, averages between 45 and 50 yards per day. It's pretty decent. Um, weather is expected to be mostly sunny. Highs in the lower 50s, 10 to 50 miles an hour wind. Uh, FCS games, there's no line, and CBS Sports has the coverage starting at 8. Gentlemen, thoughts? Yeah, uh, pretty simple, man. Play clean, just like they did last week. If they can, you know, keep down, minimize the mistakes, pound the rocks, play sound defense, and run the ball, you know, the second half depth chart will take over. You know, I mean, normally when you have those those games, whether it's a, you know, whether it's FBS or Power Five in a smaller school, the bottom line is the first half is usually pretty competitive, and then the second half is when the athletes start taking over. And uh, I fully expect to see that again this week. I mean, this is a good team, and Army has struggled at times against teams that are less good than this. I mean, if you said, okay, we're going to match up UMass and Holy Cross on a neutral field, I think you'd probably see Holy Cross take at least three out of five of those games. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is not a game to sit there and say, well, it's an FCS game, so screw it, they're going to win. I do think it's a good matchup in the sense that these guys are giving up 5.5 yards per carry, and they've been getting run on by Patriot League teams, and so I think Army should be able to run on them as well. But if they fool around and put the ball on the ground, then, I mean, we've all seen how that's going to finish. So, uh, you know, stop Jordan Fuller, make these guys distribute the football, and don't turn it over, and Army's got every chance to win, just like they have all season. But like I said, you know, the— this team has been a little. This army team has been a little mistake prone. So, well, you know, let's go one and zero this weekend. Don't take this one for granted. Absolutely. You know, we're, Rob, we used to talk about sports psychology and stuff like that. And I, I think we're going to see how good this army team is. Frankly, this week, um, you know, are, are we going to look past it and look to coastal and oh, it's an FCS team. We just beat Air Force. We're so great. Or is it? Are we going to come out and take it seriously and, and execute? We need to execute. So yeah. Um, I think that's going to be. I think we're going to learn about a lot about the team this week, just from how we we handle and how we approach this team. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And and again, this would be this is a typical trap game, right? You just beat your rival. You've got a team that you should beat. And again, there should be flashing lights in front of the you know in front of the uh, locker room saying, "Hey, this is a trap." You know, like bottom line is if if you're not thinking that way, 
then you're not adequately preparing for your competition. And, and Holy Cross is good, man. They Like early in the season, they took Boston College to the limit, like took mm-hmm. them to the limit. And so it was a tough game. And so Holy Cross has the potential to upset an FBS team and, uh, you know, can't be Army. If they, if they play well, I don't think they will. But if it's, you know, if you let them hang around and, and stay close in the second half, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Uh, let's look at the fact or fiction, gentlemen. Fact. That is correct. For fiction. Incorrect. Rob? Yeah, so Army has a passing touchdown this week. I mean, you know, we've got to. It, it, like, yeah, you can exploit the run pretty often, but I think with the new offense, just to continue to build confidence with uh, the wide receivers and everything else, like you have them, let's use them. So I'm expecting at least one touchdown pass this week. I, I guess I'll go fact on that, but I could easily see them saying, you know what, screw it, we're just going to pound the rock relentlessly. You know, these guys have been giving up a lot of rushing yardage. Let's don't take any chances. Let's just put this thing away. Um, yeah. But but I would also like to see them work to exploit those edges. You know, if they were going to move the ball in the second half against Air Force, it looked to me like they were going to have to throw the ball more. Yeah, And I think they're definitely going to have to throw the ball against Navy. So now would be the time to get some of those kinks out. Yeah, that's what that that swing that swing pass to Robinson uh, like that could have been the that could have been a precursor to many many other good things that we kind of just went away from not to say that it was a bad call but it was just like man he was like wide open and that wheel route was perfect and so just continuing to run plays similar to that you know the scary part of it is 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 it's tough is physically tough and strong as Bryson Daly is like his accuracy between like 15 and 25 yards makes me nervous. And so yeah. I can understand why they don't throw as much. Yeah. And it is a lot harder to throw those like short to medium passes than you would think. You know, you yeah. think, oh, you know, I'm just going to, you know, we just need to throw this seven yard out. It's going to be easy. But the reason Tom Brady is Tom Brady is because he hits those, you know, seven to 10 yard outs 99 out of 99 times. Yeah, like, like that's why pro football is so boring because like these dudes are like thinking and dunking down the field and you're just like, God, man, like can somebody drop a pass, please? You know, but it's true because those rhythm passes are very, very important. And I think that's one of the things that this uh, the new offense requires that we haven't been able to find yet. And that's just falling into that rhythm, you know, two, three, quick drop, quick pass and move the ball down the field. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my factor fiction is that Kanye Udo runs for 150 plus yards. And I say this because you just ran the crap out of your quarterback, Bryson Daly, and you know you're going to need that guy over the course of the next few weeks. You want him out there running the ball, I mean running the offense, facilitating the offense, but I don't necessarily think you want you know the full-on Bryson Daly effect this week. I think you want to rely on your other horses. And Udo, man, I just think he's got an opportunity to break some this week. So uh, 150 yards. Gentlemen? Yeah, I'll say fact on that. I'm going to say fiction because I think we're going to throw the ball. I think Daly's going to run the ball quite a bit. I think we're going to throw the ball, and I just I think he'll get a lot of carries. That he'll get a lot of yardage, but I don't think he's going to get 150. That's fair. I I will say uh, I, I was really torn on this because if it was 100, you know he's run for 100 several times this year, and he could just break off a 75 yard run. It's like okay, um, but 150 that's a lot. Uh, so I'm probably going to go fiction as well, but it's just I think that's an interesting benchmark, and that he's a guy who should have a big breakout game. But we'll see. Absolutely, 
And uh, my factor fiction this week is uh, Champ Harris will play in more than two series. Um, you know, presumably it's an FCS team, so the traditional logic would state that hey, we'll, we'll get up a little bit, and you know, we'll get Champ Harris in the second half. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say fat, just because I I think we're going to be competitive, and I think we'll get up to a point. I think Champ Harris is going to need. I think he needs reps. He's you know, he's a true freshman. He can go to the prep school, so I think he needs the reps. Um, so I'm going to say fact. I'm going to go fiction, not because I think any of what you just said is wrong, but because I don't think that they fully settled on a number two. And I think they might put some more people in there and want to see more dudes running the offense. But I wouldn't mind if they gave Harris a lot of time because there is a decent chance he's going to have to play some more. Yeah. I, I mean, so far, you know, some early mistakes, but I think he's he's starting to settle in, and the only way that he's going to get it is with the game experience. But, of course, I'm going to say fiction just because, you know, he came in towards the tail end of the game, but we also have a couple other quarterbacks that need to get some reps that, that may potentially have to step in later in the season. So it'll be interesting to see. It's just a bad stretch. When you have a bad stretch, you want to start your younger guys to get them reps in. But, like, as you're getting co- closer towards the end and the game start to count a little bit more, you, you may want to go with uh, guys with a little bit more experience, but again, I am not a coach, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what decisions they do make. Yeah. Okay. Hey, if you like Ask for Football um, and, and you want to support our coverage of Army Sports and the American Conference, uh, we could use your help through Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash football to learn more, there are also links on our website. Um, we've tiered it uh, yearling cow and first. So at the yearling level, you get our weekly games and locks of the week. The cow level, you get that plus our scouting report. And at the first year level, you get that plus access to our exclusive first year club, which is our private Facebook group for our top level patrons. Um, this is the best place to talk Army and just general college football because we're all super fans. We try to keep it positive, and it's a private group. So whatever happens there, it stays there. Um, first, you also get access to live show recordings like this one. Um, so you can interact with us during the, sh- the show. You've probably noticed that we've called out some comments we've received, and those are from people in our first year club. Um, reality is we spent a lot of money over the last year trying to improve this show. We're on StreamYard, Podcastle AI for sound quality. Um, We've even set more regular recording times so folks can join us live. All that stuff takes time and money, and that's why we need your support. Um, so we would really appreciate you, you considering joining a patron. And as a final note, we can't control how the team plays. Um, we can control what we talk about and how we talk about it. But with that in mind, we're going to do a general college football via roundtable and start leaning into the coverage of the American Conference. Um our, this is not a season I think a lot of us expected Army to have, um, but college football it is amazing. This season has been awesome as well, and we want to enjoy it as much as we possibly can. You know, my dad calls the, the period from like February to about July like the the dark period because there's there's no football. So we we want to maximize football while we have it. Uh, if you be if you like to be a part of that, we'd love to have you. Um, if, however, you decide to wallow in negativity, then there are plenty of, plenty of other places for you to, to spend time um, that's not our first day club. So we wish you Godspeed with your five-page manifesto covering the glory days uh, of the undersetter triple option. Um, and yeah, God bless you. Damn. Yeah, man. Uh, Thank you for reading that. I was dreading reading that because it's too long and we need to cut it down. But we really do need your support over there on uh, Patreon. So thanks, guys. I really don't have a favorite thing this week. I guess basketball season started. So if you missed the the podcast that we had with uh, new coach Kuick, 
Uh, James did that one with Rob. Excellent show. That's one of my favorites of the season. Uh, I think Coach Kulik told us it was going to be a tough season, and it looks like it is going to be a tough season. You know, they dropped the game to Marist. He's got a lot of work to do. He knows that he's the right guy to build that program. And uh, and and I will say build, not rebuild. Like, they lost a lot, and now they're coming back. It's 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 pretty interesting. So check that out if you didn't see it, and uh, support Army basketball, at least until lacrosse starts. Thanks, Dano. Gentlemen, any final thoughts? Beat Holy Cross. Yeah. Beat him with a stick. Beat him. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football Army Football Show. Tune in next week as Ask for Football brings you more Army football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, FireBarn.com. FireBarn is the world's first online platform for auctions and sales of farm animals. FireBarn is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and its extended special discounts to military veterans who want to continue the growth of the small farming industry. Go to FireBarn.com forward slash military. That's FireBarn, B-Y-R-E, B-A-R-N.com to learn more or to get started, email them at info at firebarn.com. Thanks again for listening to the Army Football Show. And as always, beat Navy.